Hey guys, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Explicably Inexplicables. I'm Arnov. And I'm Nikhil. Today, we're diving deep into the ever-evolving world of political parties, their history, and their future. Okay, so I think just to start off, it's important to recap about political parties for our viewers that don't know, like, their history, um, how they originated, and how it's impacting our society today. Yes, I know. um, So in the United States, right, which most of our viewers are from, um, it all started with the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists, right? We've always had kind of a two primary parties kind of system almost. Yeah, the bipartisan system. Yeah, the bipartisan system, right? And so since then, right, we've there have been several parties that have, you know, come to power and, you know, decreased in power. But right now in the current modern day, there's the Democrats and the Republicans, also known as the left and right wing, respectively. And so this is kind of all of these kind of systems, right? The bipartisan system has come, become a fundamental part of the democratic process, especially in the U.S. Um, and it's provided a platform for political engagement and representation. Yeah, I mean, even with the bipartisan system we have now with the conservatives and the liberals, there are many flaws um, in the system that have through, like affected the government a lot. Um, but I guess in terms of like a brief history, the concept of the political parties like starts early on with the anti-federalists and the federalists when after the constitution they created a two-party system and since then we've had um, a change in representation with different ideals being represented in both parties. So people usually took sides and debated and represented their people in order to like, if for, like for example if they want like a policy made, some one party will accept it and other party won't. So people like back in the day people would represent one person to go for for it and whoever wins usually that's what ends up taking place in government so this bipartisan system just provided a new way for um like multiple beliefs and people to fight for what they like especially coming from like in back in the day like in the 1700s they came from being ruled by british where there was really no party system it's basically like a one-party system where there's a dictator and like which is the king right until right. whatever he wanted was basically law like to some extent and so in their heads, they're like, okay, if we create two parties, we can have different ideas and, you know, we can debate about this and create what's best for the country. Yeah, I know. And uh, I think for the most part, um, obviously over the past, you know, 250-ish years of the math. United States has been there. <laughs> yeah, we are not a math podcast, guys. Cut me some slack. But um, anyways, you know, over those 250 years, the kind of bipartisan system has worked out I'd say pretty decently in the United States, and it's also spread to other countries, right? Other developed countries, and even you know, not so much developed countries, um, have adopted kind of a similar system. It might not necessarily be Democrats and Republicans, but there are two parties with two different belief systems um, that have rose into power in a lot of other countries. Um, but it, that's not always been the case as far as uh, the satisfaction for the people, right? There's a kind of a major factor um, of dissatisfaction with these traditional parties sometimes, right? So a lot of times people might seek out alternatives that better align with their values or priorities, or maybe they prefer a nonpartisan candidate or an independent candidate, right? And I think one thing that's kind of important to know is, I did a little bit of research about this, and it looks like over the past 20 years, because of social media and technology, it's actually made it a lot easier for these non-traditional movements to kind of shine through and connect Mm -hmm. with their supporters and organize. Yeah, I think it's really important because people sometimes can't really identify with one party or another. 
um, because there's just so many things that are going on. It's putting them exactly in the middle and say either you can choose A or you can choose B. It can't be black or white and everything. And people have different ideals and different beliefs in both. Like, for example, I know people who like the economy of the Republicans and like the liberal and the liberal way and the and the liberal way of like socialism. Right. And so that's just one example on how people are like divided by both these parties. We've seen in the recent future or in the recent past we've seen rise of politicians like bernie sanders or aoc like or alexandria ocasio cortez in the u.s who they've identified as democratic socialists and they've they've challenged this establishment basically like another example is in europe parties like italy's five-star movement and france's la france and so have disrupted traditional politics in the world we know today Right. I think like a kind of interesting way to put this into perspective is right. If you've ever like gone on the news and like seen a statistic about like, for example, when, uh, you know, with abortion or affirmative action, which have been two major things that were recently debated on in the U.S. and still are. Right. Um, if you've ever gone to the news, it'll tell you like, oh, 80 percent of you know Democrats voted against this or are for this or against it. Right. And so that 20 percent. Right. They don't necessarily agree with that rule, but they're still Democrat. And I think that goes to show that not every single time is it black and white you might have certain beliefs from the other party right and so you know i think these non-traditional movements have you know greatly affected the kind of the economic policies mm-hmm. um i'm pretty sure we talked about this before in a previous podcast uh, the podcast is um how ai and social media has affected um like elections but just to bring it up again social media has such a big impact on political parties and like propaganda and the algorithm um, and the algorithm that's affecting this, like, first to see, like, what people actually see on their Instagram feeds, for example, which can fuel them to like or hate a certain party, and, like, which fuel them to see biased news, which is really important, and really important to, like, know and think about when actually researching about politics. But in terms of how these movements, these non-traditional movements basically impact economic policies, they advocate for alternative policies, right? Um... This includes wealth distribution, universal health care, and I guess even increased regulation. Um, these proposals, they can have a very significant impact on taxation, um, business regulations, and even government spending to some extent. And I think it's really important to note because this bipartisan system doesn't allow for this freedom of economic policies because, you you know, like we said, with this party system, you can either have black or white, but these non-traditional movements advocate for certain changes that can be ad- adapted by both parties or by not none of the parties. But I guess in terms of, they were talking about non, non-traditional movements, right? What about traditional parties? Like, how do they adapt to these changes? Do they resist them? Do they advocate for them? Like, what's their opinion on them, Nikhil? Mm, I think this is something that's really changed greatly in the past, you know, few decades with the rise of social media and technology because everything is literally spreading so much faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, like, traditionally, right, maybe 100 years ago, a lot of more, a lot more politicians have been, stayed a little bit more firm in their belief. Obviously, if, you know, someone is of the same party of them and disagrees with that rule, that's maybe, you know, a time they might want to switch it up just to, you know, obviously garner the support of people from their same party. But nowadays, I feel like that process has kind of sped up, right? Because people can voice their issues on social media and technology saying, you know, if I'm a Republican, I'm saying I don't agree with X law or X issue. And, you know, you know, a Republican like Donald Trump, who is actually against that issue, he might change his beliefs to reflect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the future is uncertain, and we're likely to see continued fragmentation in our economy and in the government we know today because of the system with a diverse array of political movements and parties, right? Coalitions and alliances, 
may become more common as traditional party structures are challenged because so many people don't like the system and so many people believe that there's other ways to tackle this problem and so a lot of, like we can see a rise in this non-traditional movements in the present and in the future but and with these changes how do you think the economy is going to be affected in the long run like in the future and how do you think we can reflect that reflect off of that as a society i think the economic impact is really going to depend on the policies that gain traction. But what I will say is that it could very easily go in a very polarized and one-way direction, Mm. um, a very black and white direction, if you will. And I think the reason for that is, again, right, with social media, things can get propagated really, really fast, right? Um, Really, really fast, right? And actually, something that's interesting is uh, there was an AP research paper that got a five, and they basically had done an experiment where they created 50 uh, 50 different sorry 60 different instagram accounts um 20 were for the democrat group um 20 for the republican and 20 for nonpartisan. and so what they did was they made sure to interact like and subscribe or follow accounts that presented that respective party's material and what they found is that over time about roughly 70 to 80 percent of um you know that respective party was that feed so like for example if on the democratic account they were seeing 70 to 80 percent of democratic material and so obviously that's going to instill those values in them right and so i think we can see you know shifts in taxation government spending priorities and regulations that affect various industries because of that and so i think it's very essential for businesses to and investors right to stay informed and adapt to these changes exactly um and i guess and that's a way in a sense but in another sense also there's a chance that these non-traditional movements have some impact, but it's very insignificant in the long mm-hmm. term because this bipartisan system has been around for so long and it's polarized our country for so long and in such a significant extent, it's almost hard to come back. And it's important for these non-traditional movements that like come up and I would obviously truly support the ones that I believe are important and you know actually have a significant impact, but I feel like in the long run, they might not be so significant. Mm, for sure, yeah. I think it's been... <laughs> Uh, I don't know the exact date, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's been quite a long time, or even never, that a U.S. president has been elected that has been a nonpartisan candidate. Yeah. So. Um, we hope this episode has provided you valuable insight into the changing dynamics of political parties and what lies ahead. Um, until next time, stay curious, stay informed, and stay tuned for more Explicably Inexplicables. Peace. Peace. Thank you.